Coming up next in The Ziggler Show, what attributes distinguish you as an individual? We all judge ourselves by our intentions while everyone else judges us by how they experience us. We don't even like that word, judge, but we all do it. Even in as much grace and acceptance as we can muster, we still experience people in ways that attract or detract us from them and cause us to trust or distrust them. And everyone's doing the same with us. We're talking about our character, and after recording this show, I'm going to say our perceived character, as you'll hear us discuss, that we can't cite really what our true character is, only others can. And I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table, and then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes, from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico, and recently bourbon. Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous. And I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From it, we get more or less opportunity in life and work, more or less relationships, more or less success and love even. This topic is foundational to all we want as our perceived character is foundational for all we are. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise, and it's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today and to you and me. You can dig in more with each episode at kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to Ziggler and are a coach or want to become one, let the Ziggler family empower you at ziggler.com slash coachleadership.com program. Now I'm going to give you a two minute clip from Zig Ziglar himself on character. Then Tom Ziglar and I have a candid discussion on the value, the reality, and the opportunity we all have around building and expressing our good character. You know, in the last 10 years, there've been a lot of people who maintain that character really did not count. It wasn't that important. As long as you could do your job, that was the only thing that really mattered to anybody. Well, the reality is when you have a character issue, character does count in the way you do your job at home, 
on the job, and in society. For the simple reason, as an example, when Mr. Clinton and Mr. Bush argued about family values, they never could determine what are family values. And the reason is very simple. There's no such thing as family values. They're life values. The same values that will make you a good husband and father or a good mother and wife are the same values that will stand you in wonderful stead there in corporate America, down on the job, whether you're in business for yourself or whether you're part of a large organization. None of us can clearly be successful unless we understand what Francis Yokohama said. He was a gentleman who did a significant study on several generations from several different cultures, and he followed them through. And he discovered this. He said, trust is the indicator that determines in almost every instance the growth and success not only of the individual but of the nation. Now, let's translate that into individual terms. What marriage could be uh, happy and successful if the husband did not trust the wife or vice versa? What organization could be successful if part of the leadership team did not trust the other part to make the right decision? I think we're seeing conflict in our political world today because there's distrust among various people and with good cause because we've seen so many people who went astray of that trust by having character flaws. The reality is virtually all great failures are character failures, and all you've got to do is search the records or read today's newspaper or tomorrow's newspaper, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, trust, character, balance in life, all, if you have them, will enable you to take that view from the top, and I can tell you, you're going to like the view. Our shows on character today, you and I have been talking for 15 minutes and we keep coming back to character struggles in uh, the lives of people around us uh, in the media. So let's have a discussion on character. It's probably not a more acute time, uh, I think. Right, Tom? Yeah. 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 You know, so I love words. I'm a, what do they call that? A, a logo file. I think I like words. I like the definitions. So, and, and I'm always curious, character, the word character. And I thought, man, if you tell most kids today, you know, ask them what's character, they'd say it was, and they name some, you know, it's Iron Man or it's Thor or it's, you know, some character do they even know anymore. So first definition that pops up on Google, Merriam Webster, it says character, one of the attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. Next one is dictionary.com says the aggregate of features and traits that form the individual nature of some person or thing. Now here in personal development, and I'll hit, I'll hit one in a second. We tend to, well, no, I'll just, I'll just read it. So here's the, one of the next, uh, you know how they have, how Google has questions, like top questions people ask always kind of underneath. First one is how do you define character? And the de- first definition that pops up is one that was printed in Success Magazine. And it says your character is the degree to which you live your life consistent with high life enhancing values. A person who lacks character is one who compromises on higher level values, such as honesty, integrity, in favor of low order experience. That's, that's how they, they did it. But what was interesting to me was if you look up just the flat definition of character, it's just saying what makes up and distinguishes you as an individual. It doesn't say good or bad. It doesn't say right or wrong. It's just saying, this is kind of the essence of you though in personal development and the context of this show, if I type a 
headline that talks about, Hey, we're going to talk about character. We're by proxy going to think, Oh, it's about good character, but character is, I like it. Cause it's basically saying, this is just kind of what you boil down to. This is what people feel about you. And to a great degree, it's, it's, I, I will put in that it's trust or non-trust it's like, or dislike it's feeling cared for or not. It's narcissism or what's the opposite of narcissism. Is there one? Whatever the opposite of narcissism, I don't know. Uh, Gratitude. Yeah. Some passion. Yeah. Other, other, other interested, other focused, I guess. Selflessness would probably be okay. the opposite of narcissism. Okay. But character traits. And so you and I were just talking, gosh, we talked about a few things, but you know, it's interesting. You do, you do wonder, I feel like Tom, we're, we want care. We want people of character most, but then we vote a lot of times for people regardless of their character. And you and I were talking just a minute ago about Joe Rogan. At this point, nobody doesn't, especially if they listen to podcasts, Joe Rogan, biggest podcast on the planet for the most part. And, um, I don't know the guy. I can't say yay or nay about him personally. Um, I see what everybody else sees, what's in the media and how he talks and stuff. I don't know if he's a person of character of good character or not. I really don't know. And I can't really say, is he a person of bad character? Again, I, I don't know him. He does what he does, but we all vote for him. We now I don't, I don't listen to him. I have just to kind of check him out. What is he doing? Podcasting and whatnot. But all these people who are obviously irritated with him are irritated because they voted for him by hitting play and listening to him. Uh, and it's interesting when we talk about character and cause I, I fear that, with him, I use that as an example, are people voting for him? Are they listening to him for his character? I don't think so. It's, it's entertainment. It's interest. And, and he's a superstar, you know, Spotify who may kick him out, paid him a hundred million dollars to be exclusive to him. And I am concerned that it's kind of eroded the gravity of character Do people these days look and go, Hey, it's, it's valuable to my life. It's in my self-interest to have good character. It feels eroded. What are your first thoughts? Well, so of course, um, I agree that, that character can be good or bad, positive or negative. Yeah. Um, and you know, I ask, I ask people all the time, what do you want to be known for? Like one of our calls today on our, on our choose to win mentoring call, uh, one of our guys, Carlos, says, hey, a great question is it's you're at your funeral mm -hmm. and people are and you're walking down the aisle of the church and, and you're in the casket at the front and you're and you're walking, you know, your spirits going down the aisle. What are people saying about you? You know, that's your character. What do you want them to be saying about you? That's, you know, and, and so everybody's got their own definition. So people say, be true to yourself. Like that's the holy grail. And then somebody is, and then they cancel them because it doesn't agree with what they say. Well, so who, who has less character? Uh, yeah. And, and so obviously <clears throat> we, I mean, people who listen to the show know us and they know we're going to talk about the values and the benefits of having good character. So that, that's a given. But if we come over here and, and, you know, poke the other side a little bit, 
I, I am concerned that at face value, do enough people care or see the value in having good character? I mean, we're at a place right now where, you know, we want instant gratification and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll stave off a deeper satisfaction for just an immediate one right now. I mean, we know that's a culture that we're in where we can, as, as we can get more and more things just instantaneously. And when you ask that question, Tom, eh, when you're, you know, going down, I mean, you can, you can hear the sitcom answer to that. Dude, when I'm dead, I don't care. I, I'm gonna, you know, live, live life, eat, drink, and be merry, have fun now. And when I'm dead, and what people, I don't care. I mean, I could hear that being said, and I'm afraid that there's an underlying more and more feeling of that because people aren't understanding the long-term benefits of of character, which you know, to me, is brought to light. It's really in my face with my kids and my character. What do they see? What do they? How would they testify to me right now? And it's also, I did an interview last, last week, Tom, uh, some guys interviewed me for their podcast and they were talking about some of the you know, podcasting, but that came up. I said, man, I am such a, I'm in such a glass house. I have kids who not only listen to my podcast, but I've, I've got one daughter, adult daughter who produces some of them. So she's going to hear it. So if I say something that's giantly hypocritical or make some claim to my character, I mean, they know. It's going to, I got to sit down and eat dinner with them, you know? So my character, it feels like on a spotlight and I'm grateful for that acuteness, but I don't know that that's most people's reality. And again, where's the culture thinking, how are they feeling about character? And what's the last time you heard about character in the general culture, not at maybe your church, but when's that ever been an issue, even of a presidential debate? Yeah, well, it got mocked uh, in presidential debates. You know, traditional family values got mocked uh, because a large people, a large percentage of people, will like they like progressive values, right? And so all these things make up character. And when we're talking about politics, uh, this is what's interesting. I can't remember the last study that I saw, but or poll. It's over 80%. It might even be 90%. Something around 90% of people don't trust Congress. Mm -hmm. So you have Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, everybody in between saying, what do you think of Congress? Do you trust them? No, I don't. I mean, the only people who poll worse is the media. Okay, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so what are you going to do? Well, what happens is, is people agree, doesn't matter whether you're a liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican, you say Congress is the problem, but then they all go and vote for the same congressperson that they voted for last time. So if so, it can't be can't be both right. Right. If everybody believes locally that the one they elected is right, but Congress has a problem, what's going on Yeah. And so then that is the, that's the age old question. Do we vote for who's right or do we vote for what's right? But, and there's, there's character. There's the, so it, it, here's a funny story, Tom, this morning, I'm taking my boys to, I've got two boys who go to school. Uh, it's about 15 miles away and there's a bus that comes part way up. It's a, it's an early colleges kind of high school, uh, different kind of school thing. So I take, take them to the bus. Nobody's there. 
Turns out we missed the email that said the bus wasn't coming today. Uh, so I drive them all the way down to the Springs, uh, Colorado Springs, and we're early, like really early, like almost before they can even go in because the bus takes a while. But, you know, so we got there. And so I had made a joke or one of the kids did about getting a donut. Well, okay, we're, we, we're, we're a family that likes to imbibe and good food, but donuts are not a very common thing. We talk about, you know, uh, healthy food, healthy food, but I thought, okay, you know, I can also, I'm a, we're flexitarians. We went and got donuts, Tom. And, uh, it, so my two boys and they're, you know, again, that's not a normal thing. We went and got some donuts and it was in a store, a grocery store that had a Starbucks. So I got Starbucks. So I'm sitting there, paid for my Starbucks. We got the donuts that we had picked up back in the back corner in hand. And we're just lively talking, having a good time, walking out the door. And one of the kids says, uh, do we have to pay for that? I'm carrying, we're carrying the bag of donuts right out the front door. I just forgotten. I paid for my Starbucks and in my head I paid, but we hadn't paid for that. And I just, we laughed and, and it literally went back in and had a talk. And this was not on, it was before I was even thinking about this topic for our show. But I said that I said, man, it's interesting because without the character that I have agreed to the morality and ethics, why would I go back in and pay? It's a big company. The donuts are like 69 cents each. You know, I mean, we've got very small amount and stuff. Ah, who cares? Just go, go on. Why go back in? And sometimes I'm surprised that enough people actually do. It kind of gives me a little faith in humanity that people don't, because it's so easy to, obviously, just walk out with your stuff. Um, but it was a discussion with them on, I mean, that's relevant. Why? Why go back in? Why does it really matter? And of course, to them, with them, I'm thinking about, man, the benefits. Well, and that, and that is, you know, obviously the moral of this thing, the benefits of having the kind of character that people trust you. Yeah. When I was 13, uh, in Sunday school, Mr. Garrett was my teacher. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Garrett was older than mom and dad. So he was probably in his sixties, late sixties. And so mom and dad said, hey, why don't you invite Mr. Garrett and his wife to come eat lunch with us? And we were going to go to the country club. And it was about a 30-minute, 25-minute drive from the church. And so dad said, why don't you ride with Mr. Garrett so you can give him directions when you get to it? So we get in the car, and we're downtown, downtown Dallas. We get in the car, and we drive, and we got to go through the toll booth. Well, back then, it was coins. It was a quarter. So we get up to the toll booth, and this is – so I'm 13, so this is 44 years ago. Mr. Garrett rolls down his window. It's not electric. Mm -hmm. He throws the quarter in. He waits a few seconds, he drives through, and the alarm goes off. So this they didn't have cameras back then or any of that stuff. So he panics, not because the police are going to come after us, because they won't, it's, you know, a quarter, but because he didn't pay or he thought he paid and it missed. So he pulls off the first exit, drives back around, gets back on the tollway, pays a quarter, gets off the next exit, comes back around, and then pays the toll again. Goodness. 
what's the point? There was a 13 year old boy in the back of the car mm -hmm. seeing that not only is integrity and honesty important, but so is the appearance mm -hmm. of integrity and honesty. And I'll never forget, I mean, 44 years ago, that happened. And you're telling the story. And I'm telling you the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, and some people will go, oh, that's stupid. That's not practical or whatever. And so now you grow up as a boy and you've got your daughter watching you. You've got your son watching you. Or you're hiring somebody to do the books at your company. Do you want, do you hope that at some point in their life, they had a Mr. Garrett? You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on the benefits and opportunity of character, the good kind. We'll be right back. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% .99 of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and that's a good, that's a good analogy because yeah, we, we can easily justify ourselves out of it, but my gosh, do we want, are we okay with our kids or somebody else? not being honest with somebody in our company, somebody we work with, not being honest. Maybe we're so quick. We see this in the culture right now. So quick to place blame on anyone who we feel like has stepped out of line is not doing what's right. And yet we're in a culture that makes fun of, you know, cheating on your taxes and, and doing those things. And I mean, what you just said there too, though, it reminded me of who we talk about so often. Shanti Feldhahn in her book, The 30 Day Kindness Challenge, and that big piece that stands out to me from that book is being kind. It changed my perspective. Being kind is not just about doing the right thing. It's not just about the reciprocity that you're going to get from somebody else. It's because it just makes you feel better. It's, it's going to benefit me by being kind, regardless of whether the person deserves it. Um, regardless of any justification not to, it's just going to benefit me. And if they never change, if they get worse, I'm still going to feel better. It's it's a win-win all around that when you're talking about doing the right thing. And I've thought about that. It, you know, if there's an opportunity to not be honest, you don't go away from, I don't go away from that feeling good, feeling better. I feel better about doing the right thing. And somebody could argue, ah, it's just a cultural construct. And that's, you know, we can, I don't know if we can do a science-based research model on the benefits of good character, the benefits of honesty, but regardless of how you try to define that or try to uh, showcase that, man, I know for me, I feel better when I'm kind. I feel better when I'm honest. I feel better when I do the right thing. I feel better when I give instead of take. And, and I'm, and I say that as a guy who is, I am, I'm a very self-focused person. Uh, I am an aggressive driver. I am an impatient person by nature. So I know those things about myself. I want to get where I'm going. And if you are impeding my progress, I am right away, naturally frustrated with you. And how does it make me feel? I mean, your dad did a, that's one of his clips from a long time ago. The person pulls out in front of you and cuts you off in traffic and you're yelling and screaming at them and they have no idea as they go along their merry way. And you're just sitting there like stabbing yourself in the eye with a fork. Uh, How's this? I have to think about that. My kids know that. Hey, there's somebody, guys, we're going to, we have the chance to see the scenery because the guy in front of us is doing 10 miles an hour. Uh, and, and there we are. And who suffers most? I, that's a great spot too, that we don't think of, we don't talk about with character. If we said having good character, it just makes you feel better. How about that? Aside from anything else, I, 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 but we don't, again, it's not a common, this is not a, a, a this is not a common, um, conversation. It's like the common, common sense. It's not common anymore. Yeah. One of the questions that I posed, um, our choose to win mentoring group today was um, the times of disruption. Do they give you a, a better opportunity to exhibit influence and example? Hmm. 
In other words, the more the pressure's on, the tougher it is, the more disruption happens. As a mom, a dad, a friend, a coworker, a leader, does that afford you more opportunity to have a bigger influence and be a better example? And one of the uh, one of the ladies on the call, uh, this is great advice. Um, she said, you know, uh, she was talking about her grandkids and, and there's been some family upset and some challenges. And so her grandkids are living in her house and there's all that stuff. And she said, we switched shoes. And I said, what is that? You know, and so she tells the group, she said, yeah, I learned this. But what you do is if you're having a disagreement with someone, you both take your shoes off and you switch shoes. And she said, so my grandkid who's huge. He, you know, he gives me his shoes. My feet fit right in. He, he puts his feet on top of my shoes. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's symbolism and it says, okay, uh, now you get to share from your perspective. Um, I'm going to hear you through your shoes. And then the other is going to do the same thing. And this is where she said was amazing. She said, when you know you're going to be heard and listened to, it changes everything. Yeah. And so what happens and when there's so much, you know, the burnout is what's what we hear about all the time, but you know, that bleeds over everywhere with the with so many people going through a challenge is you've got to take one step back and say, what's your why? And it's the old farmer story where, you know, four o'clock in the morning, the farmer gets up and uh, the wife says, hey, what are you getting up so early? He says, well, I got to get the kids up because there's farm work to be done. And she said, it's January. There's no crops going on. Let them sleep. And he says, I'm not raising crops. I'm raising men. Hmm. And so what's your why? And, and we, so character to me, character should be a beacon around your why. And so people who take, you know, people who just drive straight on through the toll booth saying it's no big deal, it's only a quarter, they're forgetting the why is the 13-year-old kid in the back seat. It's not my immediate convenience. Character and convenience very rarely go together, do they? That's a great point. Great point. Yeah, they don't. And that's what we're seeing. That's a great point. Character. I got to write that down, Tom. Everybody write that down. Stop your car. Character and what'd you say? Convenience. Don't very rarely go hand in hand. Very rarely go hand. You're right. It takes just like your example, the guy trying to do the right thing. They don't. They take time to consider somebody else. They take time to listen. They take time to understand as you're talking about. Um, and that's probably when I am most at risk of not exemplifying good character is when it is not convenient for me. And it's interesting because I was sitting here thinking about and we did a show on trust. I wish I knew what episode it was. You and I did a show on trust about how most people, and we did it more from a business focus. Most people think we think of ourselves as trustworthy, but if you don't do the work to communicate to, to, to a degree in your business, 
that trustworthiness, you can fail by not, you can not benefit from it. I mean, you've got to figure out ways just, you know, putting that we stand for integrity on your website doesn't help because everybody says that. And it's the things that we can do that you can be an honest person. You can be a kind person. You can be a person who thinks about others and erode your character by doing some things that, uh, even if they don't erode your trust, it can still erode your character. And again, I say this as somebody, I mean, my kids, my family, they know I'm a good guy. They know I'm an honest guy. And yet they would also say there are some things that I have done. I'd love to put that all past tense, but probably still do that erode my character that I can tend to be impatient, like I said, that I can tend to be controlling. That can be a nice, kind, good-hearted guy, but I can tend to control. I've even been said to dominate in some uh, certain, in certain scenarios, um, that I can tend to be inconsistent, which I like in my personal life. So if it's just me, man. So today I've been by myself. I took the kid, the boys to, to school and then went to a cabin where I'm doing some work and I do whatever I want. If I feel like running, I go run. If I feel like, uh, stopping and playing, uh, what is it called? Word feud. I think it's like a Scrabble type thing that I play with my other, with one of my sons, with Caleb, who, you know, man, I stop and do that. If I'm tired, man, I can shut my eyes on lay down on the couch for a minute and I do whatever I want. I can be as inconsistent as I want. Great for me. But now when that involves other people, and I've had that happen with my family, with people I work with, um, that I am inconsistent and that does not work for them. It does not help them. Good for me. It doesn't help them. It erodes my character. And what are the things we do? And the opposite side of that, Tom, is, and I know this is different. Not everybody's in the same position that we are, but if you're in an area where you, part of your work, especially and your family, if you've got a big, you know, if you've got family, um, you are in a place of influence and you're, my greatest asset is trust. I mean, that's it. If I look at everything, if I look at everything I know how to do, which we're in a culture right now who is so, seems so laser focused on what you can do. What is the skill? What is the knowledge? What can you do? And yet we're dying because people want to align with people in regards to who they are back to that trust culture. And I look at that. The biggest asset I have is not that I can hold a good conversation and do a podcast. It's not that I can, uh, that I can write well. It's not that I can, you know, run a business. It's not the biggest asset I have is trust. And that's it. And, 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 and doing that is character, which it just shows through. And I think we're probably also Tom, Man, I don't even, I haven't defined this why, but it feels like we're also in a place where it, people are more sensitive to it. I'm trying to think of a politically correct term to say it, but it's like an, it's like a, it's like a bullcrap meter. Everybody has it and they can see it a mile away, smell it a mile away. You know what I mean? It feels like we're more sensitive to it too. We want character, man. We will turn on somebody who we feel lacks character and yet I don't see the same people really pursuing it and trying to model it and solidify it in their lives. And I'm going to include myself in that. We're in a culture that I'm part of. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, like one of the things that I talk about in the leadership training that we do around coach leadership is this idea of canceling people. 
But most cancellations aren't uh, obvious and verbal or an attack. Most cancellations are um, subtle. And I'll just give the example of, of a leader. They bring somebody on the team. They train them on something. It doesn't go well. They train them again. It doesn't go well. They train them again. It doesn't go well. And instead of letting them go or trying to figure out something else, they just cancel them in their head. They're like, okay, yeah, this person's going to take up space. They're going to do that. That's all they're capable of. And they basically, uh, they're just existing now. And what's the, what's that term that I, I read? It's like um, there's something worse than attacking somebody. That's making them irrelevant, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, that's like the worst thing that can happen. Meanwhile, that person on their team's a Menza, and they learn different, right? They've got some superpower, unique skill that needs to be tapped into. That's going to take a little work. And they never see it. They never recognize it. They never, uh, because their why is confused. It's about them. It's not about the bigger why. Mm -hmm. And so we all get hurt when we get ignored or treated like we're irrelevant. And yet we do it, I mean, subtly all the time, right? I mean, it's just the reality of it. So. Uh, I like, you know, the, the line, I see you, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big line Yeah. or I mean, that's a big idea. And can you, you know, there, there, can you see someone like truly see them if you, uh, don't have the right kind of character? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what you're saying there, Tom, I mean, I've seen quotes of probably everybody's seen these, but do we really take them to heart and watch our own attitudes and verbalization about other people in regards to what we say about somebody else and how we, we, I think we understand it by how we treat somebody else, how you treat somebody says a lot about you. We kind of get that concept, but man, we don't often put it to our speak. And when we see the volatile communications in media today, in the headlines today. And I look at some of these really high profile people and see how they talk about other people. And I'm cringing about what it says about them. Uh, and, and we don't take that to heart. And to that degree, Tom, we're talking about character as I'm just, talking vaguely about people out there, you know, some of the big names, but all of us, uh, we tend to, I had a guy teach me a long time ago, or he, he made me help me be aware. Uh, name's Jimmy Gibson, smart marketing guy and taught me about in regards to your brand, right? So you are the, you, you are the, the Kingpin and the Ziggler brand and Ziggler has a brand. Nike has a brand. Apple has a brand. And it is this, it's kind of, you know, going back to our definitions, it's, it said again, the first one, Mary Weser character, one of the attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. A brand is the characteristics of a company product service that distinguishes what they're about. So we all kind of get that. But what he taught me is that we can't say what our brand is. 
So Nike can't say, Hey, this is our brand. They can't, they can't claim it. They can try to influence it. They can spend billions of dollars <clears throat> on a Super Bowl ads to try to influence us as to what we think the brand is. But ultimately that's it. We say what the brand is. We say what the brand of Apple is. We say, we said what the brand of IBM is when they tanked and didn't stay relevant. And we all voted by, you know, to what their brand was by not voting for them. Uh, we mentioned Joe Rogan. He's got a brand. People know what he's about and they vote with their, every time they hit play and listen to them. Same thing with character. Here we are with character. And I think we, a lot of times find ourselves in a place of, we, we would tell you what our character is, honesty, integrity, morality, kind, giving, uh, generous, you know, name it, whatever, um, wise. I mean, we could say all those things. That's what we say, but our kids, our fellow coworkers, our managers, bosses, our employees, our audience, our readers, our listeners are ultimately going to say what they, how they experience our character. And it's interesting here, as we talk about a podcast, that's one of the benefits of that. You can write a book and put it out there and have great content and the book sells and you can do that and maybe skirt some of your character. And you've seen that Tom, I've seen that. We've even seen people up on stage, you know, you see them and they're in front of 50,000 people and they give a good message. Message is solid, not taken away from that, but they may be lacking in character uh, offstage much harder to do. If you're on a podcast and you're doing a show a week, a show every two weeks, you can't really mask it. Uh, through that. It's going to come out what your character is like, which is why I think we're seeing so many people turning to podcasts. They are seeking who can they trust and man. Yeah. I don't want to, it's, it's so difficult. I, I wish I could make some examples of some different people because we have people who are entertainers and anybody can come on and advertise that millions of people are listening. And so they come on and, you know, promote a fast food company, whatever. That's not, there's not any recommendation, but we have a lot of podcasters over here on the Paul Harvey type model where people are listening to them and literally listening to the products for the products that they literally personally endorse. Um, just like us, you and I have personally endorsed MetPro. We've been customers of MetPro and their coaching model. And uh, that's a legitimate thing. And we, by doing that, by putting our voice behind it, we by proxy recommended it. We gave them an endorsement. People are looking for that because they need products and services out there. There's so many. Who do they pick? And they're looking for that. And my understanding, I didn't get it firsthand. My understanding, though, was that Tim Ferriss, most people know him, uh, Tim Ferriss at one time stopped his advertising, thought he would do that, go to a paid model and had people complain because they said, we really look forward to hear all the products and services, things you're trying out on yourself as a human guinea pig, which I think he calls himself. Uh, they really liked hearing that. How interesting. So he has created trust. He really has utilized an aspect of character. It doesn't mean everything, you know, that he's exactly where you would, where everybody would line up morally or ethically or whatnot, but for his audience, he's gained trust. So that's been interesting to me too, Tom, to look at that, that character, we try to influence it, but everybody else is going to tell us what ours is. Yeah. I like the idea of a trusted filter. Um, we get so many millions of inputs 
I mean, the inputs come from all directions from everybody and we don't know how to make heads or tails out of it. Uh, I, you know, we hear about it on Google, the Google reviews, you know, are those games, Yelp reviews, are those games, uh, can we trust, you know, a survey or a study? Uh, we were just talking about this uh, earlier. My wife sent me a, uh, an article today, and this is interesting. We were talking about Joe Rogan earlier, and the article was uh, a, little, a little blurb. I don't think we've talked about mask and vaccine and ivermectin on the show. Maybe our ratings nope. would go up. Or maybe so. <laughs> Let's get politically incorrect and opinionated. <laughs> so January 31st at 1147 uh, a.m., uh, Reuters, a big news agency, published an article, and it says Japan's COWA, or however they say it, K-O-W-A, says ivermectin showed antiviral effect against Omicron. Now, here's what's interesting. Is the sides are going to line up, and the people who are pro-ivermectin are going to say, see, I told you so. And the people who are anti-ivermectin are going to dish the source and say they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. I'm predicting it. It's probably already out there. It was a breaking story today. And actually, what should happen is, wow, this is fantastically great news. Can you please share the study so we can review it, so we can take action as fast as possible on something that would benefit us all? Yeah. Like that's the only response that you can have because the headline. So this, this group did a big study on it and blood tests and everything, but they haven't, as far as I know, they haven't released a study. They've just released this report, but everybody's going to line up and nobody has a trust filter anymore. Right. Meaning that they just trust things that are biased towards what they already believe. And that's not a great way to live your life because we all get influenced by people who take us down a path that's not in our best interest. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on the benefits and opportunity of character, the good kind. We'll be right back. A herd mentality. I mean, it really is. And I think it's a result of us being so busy, so overwhelmed. We don't have the margin. We don't want to take the time. And some of the stuff is just, it's so hard to figure out. I mean, I got to admit that sometimes it is hard. I'm just looking for somebody else. I'm looking for, uh, you know, Dr. Randy James to tell me, okay, I'm reading all this stuff. What should I do, man? Just tell me. And I'm just going to go do it. At some point, (laughs) at some point, I literally feel like that often. Like, I just don't have the time to figure it out, or I don't want to take the time, or I just feel incompetent. I, I literally find myself there, Tom. I mean, I'm, I'm there. I, you know, I get billed like you do as a, as a thought leader, right? We're supposed to be wise and know all these things. Man, there's so much stuff. I, I feel more lost every day. And I'm just turning to some expert who I trust is in on the know which is hard there because you're always going to find another expert that I respect that differs on the opinion. And at some point I'm going to make a trust vote and I, and I am, 
and I think to some degree we, we all have to, but man, it feels like we're seeing a lot of, yeah, just herd mentality and whoever you somewhat align with, you just go with them and gosh, maybe we're, we're, we're off track now, but, and you, you, you stand on it, right? I want to at least say, man, I'm going that direction because it's just the best I can figure out. I got to make a decision. I really don't know. I wish I did, but you know, at, at some point you got to make a decision. You're going to get a vaccine or not. You're going to do this or not. So let's look at some wisdom here. Okay. So, uh, people who've taken a stand on, let's just call it pro-vax or anti-vax and they've come out, what they've also done is adopted an identity that suddenly gets threatened mm-hmm. if somebody questions it. Yeah. So now I'm defending an identity rather than, is that a good idea or not? So what if your identity was one of wisdom, which was, you know what? Some things change. So yeah, what do you got? Because now it's your identity is I'm always trying to figure out what's the wisest course for me, right? What is the best decision I can make for me and my family? Not I have to fall in line with this thought process because I've put a lot of words out there that I'd paint me into that corner. This is uh, Dr. Kenneth Cooper uh, who we're, you know, dad was good friends with him. He was dad's doctor. He invented the term aerobics. He wrote a book called The Aerobics Way. He was the, the leading heart medical expert in the United States who proposed that running and getting in shape was the best way to keep your heart strong. He started heart uh, attack patients jogging and exercising instead of convalescing for four months, right? He got them out building it back up as soon as possible. He was a heretic until all the studies came together that proved what he knew. And so he wrote books on running and that was his deal. And then later on, he came out and said, you know what, I've done more study. Running is not the best long-term solution. Fast walking is better for somebody's body over the long-term than running. And they said, wait, you were wrong. And he said, no, I was, I wasn't necessarily wrong. I had all the right, I had all the best information. Now I've got new information for a better choice. Now is running wrong for everybody? No, but I'm just going to tell you for the average American who wants to be happy and healthy at a hundred years old, that daily exercise, getting the heart rate up for a certain amount of minutes can be accomplished just as effectively with a fast walk or some other things that aren't as difficult on the joints. Now that's wisdom, isn't it? I mean, that is character that says, Hey, it's what's right. It's not who's right. Just because I'm the who, who said it was this way. If I know that's no longer right, do I stand by my guard, my guns and just keep saying something that I know is no longer true or do I vote for what's right? That's Tom. You just hit a big, there's a guy I want to have on the show. I heard him on another show. Can't even remember his name. Uh, it was on belief and, uh, would be good to good for us to discuss, but talked about, you just mentioned identity. That was the big word. And when we look at our character 
it has so much to do with our identity, with our self image, with our confidence or lack thereof. And yeah, with what you're saying right there, I'm thinking my character, what do I want to identify with? I mean, we could say love on a big word, but how about kindness? Do people see Kevin as a kind guy, as a generous guy, as a humble guy, as a considerate guy, as a patient guy? Uh, those are the things that I want to identify with. And those are what will make up my character. And yet, and that's what this guy talked about, um, man, and forgive me, I, I wish I could give him credit. I'll just say the credit's not me, but he, he was talking about belief and that we tend to form our beliefs around our identity and things that we are invested in. And it doesn't have to do kind of what you're back to. It doesn't have to do with proof, right, wrong. It's just the things that we are holding on to because we can't not. And I mean, you can put at the top of those things, you know, are your, is your identity and what you have adhered to as your character, something that's really outside of you. It's your political party. It's your religion. It's your status. It's whether you're conservative or liberal, it's your pro this or your pro that, or you are an Apple person or a windows person, all these things that we grab onto that has nothing to do with our character. Cause in that I don't, to, you know, whatever your political party, religion, your, you know, socioeconomic uh, viewpoint, what you think about global warming, all those kind of things, those are, they, they can be important and they can be a part of you has nothing to do with the character that you have that makes me want to trust you or like you or align myself with you or do anything with you. Those are back on those things of, Kindness, again, generosity, humility, consideration. We could do a whole list of those things. And yet, man, we're in, again, a culture so wrapped up, like you said, in what we identify with, the bumper sticker we put on our car, what kind of car we have, uh, what political party, what religion, what perspective on so many of these topics that none of us know diddly about other than what we are accumulating from the media, which everybody can say, you can't trust it, but we tune into it and vote for it and look on Facebook and late night TV and YouTube and whatever, and form our opinions based on stuff out there, which again, I get, but man, it's does not, we're not, uh, we're not adhering ourselves to the things that build the foundations of character that get us the benefit that comes with good character and trust and people, like you said, wisdom, you know, do they view you as wise or opinionated? Yeah. That's a hard one. That's yeah. rubber hits the road there. Yeah. And so how do we take this out? So what we all want is discernment. Yeah. Right. We want to be able to discern given the choices that I have, how do I respond to the situation? Yeah. Well, I believe in order to have consistently good discernment, you've got to have a strong moral foundation around character qualities like honesty, integrity, trust, kindness, love, respect, all those different things. So now I'm going to string some thoughts together. Dad said, you, you are what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. So if we're looking at our life and going, man, I'm not really digging the out the outcomes that I'm getting. 
those outcomes are a result of your thinking and what you do, which is all a result of what's gone into your mind. So dad said, good news. You can change who you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. So I simplified that statement for the book, Choose to Win. And I said, what you feed your mind determines your appetite. Yes. Right. So what are you, so what are you hungry for? That's going to tell you where your mind has been. And what do you want to be hungry for? And that's going to tell you what to put into your mind. Okay, so let's just say you want to have wisdom and discernment, right? I'm hungry for more wisdom and discernment. So what am I going to have to put into my mind to build the, the foundation to where when I'm looking at the world and my compass of my true north is making decisions, the needle's not going everywhere. It's going, oh, well, that's pretty clear because a lot of people are confused. So then here's the third thing. So those two quotes and then this one in the book, The Black Swan by Nassim Tlaib, he studied people who did the best after black swan events, after massive disruption, whether uh, their country got taken over by a dictator or a world war or a pandemic. And this is what he learned. The people who did the best, they spent about 10 minutes getting news and input from one side of the, of the, of the, <laughs> the herd. Mm -hmm. And then about 10 minutes getting news and input from the other side of the herd. And then they went about solving problems of people. And because their, their input wasn't, you know, hours and hours of one biased opinion or the other, when, when, when decisions came to them, they, they had the opportunity and the ability to discern yeah. wisdom because they were focused on growing themselves to solve other people's problems. And they look at the world and everything and it, and, and they did better. And so, so do we want to do better? in life. So there you go. <laughs> you, you seek out wisdom and discernment by choosing what goes into your mind. And if it gets too heavily based on identity from one side or the other, you're eroding your ability to discern. Yeah. Man, you're, if it's you're not based on, yeah, if it's not based on honesty and integrity and, and, and those core values, if it's not based on what's right, and it is based on who you follow, what they say, you're in for a long, long road. Yeah. Man, your, your question, just that of what are you hungry for? What a convicting question for us all to ask ourselves and sit with. What are we hungry for when it comes to, especially with relationships, relationally, what are we hungry for? And you could, you could start by looking, I guess, based on the headlines out there, what does it seem like the culture is hungry for, which isn't fair because it's the media. It's not all the culture. They're, they're stirring it up, but we can look at what's the flavor of hunger out there. It doesn't seem to be good overall. And then to bring that back to ourselves, what are we hungry for? Is it for our own personal protection? Is it for validation? Is it affirmation? Is it just comfort? Is it vengeance? I mean, what are we hungry? What are we hungry for? Is a 
powerful question. That's a great, you gave me a couple good lines around character in this episode, Tom, but that's a good one too. My character is ultimately going to be a result, a depiction of my appetite of what I am hungry for. If I am most hungry for a claim, people will start to feel that if I'm most out there hungry for authority, for power, for sympathy, for what it's all going to come out. Uh, and we are going to be seen. People will know our character and we will benefit or not from good or bad character, man. It's just good stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and pull some quotes out of this and some thoughts. Um, love having these conversations with you to round out and deepen the, deepen the topic. I love it. Yeah. I was just wrapping it up in my head. Are we hungry mm-hmm. to be right? Or are we hungry to discover the truth? Okay. Maybe that's the headline right there. Are we hungry to be right? Or are we hungry to discover the truth? Give Tom Ziegler credit for that when you put it on uh, your social media right there. Brother, thank you. Thank you, sir. Character. I mean, the thing to realize is the great opportunity there is in having good character. It helps you feel better and be better, and it opens up doors of opportunity. And people on the receiving end are blessed. It's a win-win all around. So what do you want to be known for, and how will you express it? We're coming up next in Ziegler Show episode 965. I'm back with actress Brianna Brown Keen to walk through her personal habits for success. And as a professional performer, there are some, some habits that are a little more acute and real and have more gravity than some of us. It doesn't matter so much how I look when I stand in front of this microphone, but it does for her. So we hear just some interesting habits that she has for her personal success. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.